Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales. We believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with a fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I am also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Be sure to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter for the latest on the podcast. Today is part two of two, where we are talking to T.L. Combs about her novels. After today, you will have heard about writing from a young age, learning from other authors before you get started, learning how to market, making mistakes and learning from them, working on multiple projects at the same time, her advice to take all advice with a grain of salt, and to not lose yourself in the process. The Audacity of Flower, the Carter Sisters series get swept away to another time and place, where Poppy Flower Carter's sheltered life at Merger Manor is turned upside down, when her childhood friend Georgie's actions threaten to ruin everything. Forced to leave behind all she knows, Poppy takes on a new role as maid for Master Louis Allen Yoon, a man with a mysterious past and undeniable charm. She tries to navigate her new life and her growing feelings for Master Yoon, Poppy wonders if she can find true love without compromising her values. T.L. Combs, author of the fantasy epic The Bell and Realm series, delivers a heartwarming and timeless tale set in a Regency-inspired world that will reignite your belief in the power of love. So I had um I had a Discord prior to like when I started narrating around somewhere in there, I started a Discord. Mm-hmm. That I never really talked in ever. Um, but when I started building like the beta and arc team, one of the beta right. readers was like, You should have like a Facebook group or something. And I'm like, Well, I have this Discord that's just like hanging out over here. Yeah. <laughs> so as I was like finishing the book and doing, th- I think I did my, fr- my, my beta readers got my second version of my book. So like mm-hmm. I, Alpha got like raw as I was writing it version. I added like 20, thousand words 10,000 words and then the beta readers got that version of it and so it was nice to have them the one thing I'm glad about having got them so far in advance is they were like cheering me on as I was like finishing it and getting edits and they'd be like go Freya go and (laughs) so like that was super nice and now they're all just like waiting all of them were like we want to arc read too because we want to see like how you polished it after all of our feedback and stuff so right i'm like i'm getting there (laughs) (laughs) like it's with the editor right now so i'm like i'm like i'm just like twiddling my thumbs and ordering pr box stuff so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i like to um not stay still. So I, um, when my editor has one book, I'm working on another and my brain doesn't shut off. Just how it goes. <laughs> same, so, same. I'm outlining the, the first novella in uh-huh. the series yeah, as I, the editor has it. <laughs> I did a novella 
a Christmas novella that comes out in November. Oh my goodness. I wrote that over Labor Day weekend. (laughs) See, I have so many things. I'm like, I just did a TikTok on this. I'm like, my day, because I have like ADHD brain stuff going on. It's like my whole day, and I've had it my whole life. Right. And until TikTok, I had no idea that that's what what my brain was. Um. (laughs) So I have, I'm not diagnosed at all, but definitely from all the videos that I've seen, ADHD and probably some kind of autism going on up in there too. And so I'm like, when you grow up your whole life with your brain working a certain way, you kind of learn like, this is how my day has to be. So I start narrating and podcast about the same time. And so, like, I just learned, like, this is how my day is scheduled around my day job stuff and all of this. And then when writing came into the picture, it was like, just make sure, like, I started narrating less during each day. So instead of recording an hour and a half a day, I now only do an hour. So I have time to edit it and then work on my book. Right. Right. For a while there, because I didn't want to start working because my brain gets it forgets things very easily. I didn't want to start working on the next book until the editor had the book because any amount of edits I had to do, I didn't want to confuse book one with the first novella. So it's like, like, keep them separated. But now that the editor has the book, I'm like, there's not going to be any more major plot changes that I need to worry about. Right. Right. Yeah. I typically, um, my brain compartmentalizes everything. And Uh uh, because that's, thanks, trauma. So I can separate every single one of them. And I always tell people it's like a GIF in my head of each <laughs> book. Yeah. And they're just on pause and just like in that last scene that I left them on. <laughs> I can see them just about to start. Just waiting. Scene, just waiting. And I just like pull out that file. I'm just like, all right. Oh, yeah, we're here. <laughs> and just keep going from there. So like, yeah, that's how my brain works. And I know I can file things away because I, I literally have always I have six different um work in progresses at any given oh gosh so I finish one I start another so that one just okay so I did the next one moved back up and I just finished that one up and I add another (laughs) it's like a vicious cycle so I guess I'm in the right uh career now uh yeah I had I started writing in like January of last year and because it was like I was landing all these nonfiction audiobook contracts. So I'm like, I'm just going to write my own fiction book if no one else wants me for fiction. So I I was like, I'm a pantser. I'm definitely a pantser. Like I don't plots aren't going to work for me. And so that's what I did with that book. And like when I went back to look at it, um, because I started landing other people's (laughs) fiction audiobooks. Right. (laughs) So when I finally like six months later went back to look at it, I'm like, this is mostly just dialogue. Yeah. There's there's no inner dialogue. So when I started um, the Beauty and the Beast retelling, I was like, we're going to use Christmas songs to yeah. outline this book. And so, but having, so where you can like pause and see the scene in your head, for me, I know what the next plot point is. That And mm-hmm. it, the plot point's like five to 10 words. It's not some big drawn out thing. Introduce right introduce female main character in this chapter like they're they're not genius plot points at all but in my head as I go about my day while I'm doing everything else I do before I get to writing time I'm figuring out how are we getting to the next plot point in my head it's like in my head right now because I haven't actually started writing I'm still outlining the novella Mm -hmm. um I have the first opening scene is completely written in my head 
I just have to actually be down. able to write it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen and who's going to be in the scene and who's going to interrupt the scene. Like, I know all of these things already. I just right. need to write it. <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah, I I typically, um, how I do it now, um, after learning that I most definitely can't be a pantser, uh, writing fantasy, <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. not going to work out. Uh, especially if you're doing a series, that's not going to happen. So, um, and I don't even know if I knew it was going to be a series until I was like halfway through the first book. Um, I was just writing, you know? And so after that, I was about the second half of the first book, I started outlining. And when I say outlining, I mean that in the, the loosest form of the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bullet points of like, I wanted this to happen, this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. That's, that's, that's essentially what mine then, is. It and then, yeah, and then I'll do a paragraph, like a, like a summation of the whole story. And um, just, and it, it makes no sense. But to me, you know, like if anybody right. else were to read it, they're like, what is this? <laughs> I get it. So it's not for you. <laughs> it's for me. So, um, so now that's what I do going into any story. I decide I want to write, like I immediately do character traits, character, like, you know, uh-huh. characteristics and eye color, all, all that stuff under each name. And I just do like write every one of the characters that I thought of during that whole process uh-huh. out. And then I write a summary of the entire story from beginning to end. Um, and then sometimes with the novella, I did a bullet point of every chapter. Like, this is what this chapter is going to be about. This is what this chapter is going to be about. Da, 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 da. Um, and that's how I wrote that. So I just ticked it off as I was going and just like, okay, that one's done. That one's done. That one's done. <laughs> and I did that for some of my beta reader edits. Like, yeah. they said I needed to add like more running into the story. I don't know where I'm going to add that yet. So we're just going to write it on a sticky note and yeah. we'll mark it off when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that's essentially what I did. I just made sure I had all the the main points I wanted to hit. Um, And we're going to edit it this, this month, this coming month in October and get through that and send it out (laughs) for the best. But you know, the Christmas note, again, it was, it's really short, really cute. And it's introducing the third book in this situation (laughs) that I didn't know I was going to write. Um, because it was just a big, supposed to be one cozy read and it turned out to be three <laughs> books. So I'm halfway, a little more than halfway done with the third book. <laughs> Actually working on it earlier today. So you don't stop. <laughs> no, no, so, my brain never shuts off. So your Christmas novella is coming next and then the yeah. next book is coming after that. <laughs> Yeah, and, so, and then the third book in my fantasy series should be out in in like springtime sometime. So how has, with each, uh, clearly you would have learned something with each book as you <laughs> got it out. So how, how does your like promoting and talking about and marketing your book differ now from just talking about the characters? Do you still use that same yeah, formula? I, the, I definitely use the same general formula. It's a lot more condensed now um, mm-hmm. because it, there are so many of them. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I got to so, talk about that first book occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, so that one's always like, I always make a freebie for that one. It's just like, yeah, take that one. Just get it out of here. Just go ahead and get it. Uh, so like we did stuff your kiddo day days, I guess this past or this past couple on this starting what Wednesday or Thursday. And um I was like, nah, we'll make it till Monday. And I was just 
there you go. You guys can have it. Free. I did Don't see, I it. did see that video where you were like, it's, it's free for a few more days. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I, was, I added it to it. So, um, that's pretty much my promos for that. It's like, oh, it's on discount. Oh, it's free. Yep. It's discounted again. Like so, <laughs> those are my promos for book one. Now. They're going to be <laughs> like, I don't need to pay full price. I'll just wait a week and she'll have it on sale again. <laughs> right. I think the last time it was free was like, um, in July. <laughs> so it's not like. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> nope. So, uh, and it does really well every time. So, I mean, it's great getting my the name out and everything. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the people are just buying book two with it. You know, mm-hmm. when they get the free one, they just buy book two. So which, it's great. So it's been a great thing for that. Right. Um, so, and they're like, oh, she has another one. And then they buy that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, so for the most part, <laughs> lately, I've just been like bulking them all up together in one video, not even talking about, because I find that the videos that I'm just kind of blase, whatever, hear my books, please buy them. People are just yeah. like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I'm going to buy them. And it's just like, I worked two hours on that video. I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, I, um... My entire approach to TikTok, in fact, someone said something about, oh, you got to start doing like professional marketing videos. And I'm like, that has not been my platform the entire time. Like I am sweaty in my dark at the when I started, I was in a closet. Now I'm in a booth, but I'm like, I am like sweating with no makeup on. In fact, my sister at one point was like, I think you TikToks. She is not in book talk. Yeah, she's not in book talk. Right. But she was like, I think your videos would do better if you like, you know, put on makeup and maybe dress up a little bit because that's all the ones that I see doing really well are all like blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I'm like, right. you clearly don't see yeah. book videos. Look, <laughs> my best videos are with me looking completely haggard, just woke up, have a, you know, a book <laughs> on my head and those get thousands of views. And I'm just like, they're well, like, this is a hot mess. I relate. Right. <laughs> Do it. She's got it. Anytime I'm talking about how crazy I am or my ADHD or any of those things, those take off. But like, <laughs> if I try to like do aesthetics and make it look pretty, it's like, oh, that's nice. Scroll. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like when I work, so I did um a big uh, I did several book reveal or cover reveal videos because I was like, who knows who's going to see what video? So right, I did, I think, exactly. four or five on the same day. Um, and then I have like a trailer kind of thing for my book. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those ones, TikTok's like, eh, that's promotion. We're going to like suppress it unless she pays for it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to pay for that. So. No, never going to put that on a sponsor ad, like ever. You know, in <laughs> fact, I scroll past those. I do too. Like, even if they're books i'm like Ugh. yeah <laughs> as soon as i see sponsored at the spot, uh, like, in my head and this is I, it's it may just be me some people may mm-hmm. love the sponsored ones that's totally fine but for me right. i'm like it screams desperate to me because right. it's usually authors that i've never seen before Same. And like, not that there's not i mean there's so many authors on tiktok that i right. have never seen before millions but they come at it genuinely with like I want to be in this community and be a part yeah. of this community and if you're now paying for friends that feels <laughs> icky <laughs> like 
She said pay for a friend. That's what it looks like. I mean, I can see that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because people, and a lot of times people make you feel like you have to pay for the marketing on that yeah. part of it. I yeah. mean, some marketing, I wouldn't doubt that you would have to pay for that benefits you in the long run. But the stuff that I say to you um, is just like, well, yeah, we, I could do that. How is me talking to you going to help <laughs> my situation? I don't know. But so. My first podcast for months, I had it set up on Facebook for ads. It was like $5 a day or something. I had it set up for ads. And all that I got from all of the money that I spent on that was a bunch of angry men complaining about not liking my voice. Like that's all that I got from those ads was a bunch of those kind of comments. So I stopped. I went to last uh, August of 22, I went to a podcast conference and I was like, I'm going to learn a ton at this conference. So I stopped the ads right before that because I was like, I'm not going to keep throwing money at something that's not working. And I went to the conference and absolutely no one was like, pay for Facebook ads. They were like, here's social media strategies that work for me. Right. And might it not work? I happen to be all of my podcasts are entertainment ones, which are very, very, very hard to get listenerships on. Right. Um, But my first podcast has 40,000 something downloads on it so like i figured something out and that was definitely not from facebook ads right yeah because they they try to tell you that that's where it's at so when i first yeah when i did my like giveaway i put it on facebook ads and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and literally just a bunch of old ladies asking what this was like what is this what is this about what i was like (laughs) I had this range from 18 to like 45 and I mm-hmm. had like 60 plus year olds commenting oh, all over my stuff. And I'm like, how is that even, what is there, is their date wrong on their birthday? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So I, for my book, I was like, I'm not going to spend, not never, but like for launch, I'm not going to spend money on ads. I'm like, I'm going to spend yeah. money on Someone who has a proven track record of helping authors launch their books. That's that is right. what I focused my money on. And that is that is that is what I spent. I'm like, that is my advertising for the launch of this book. Might I do something else later? Maybe. But right. I, I think I'd be better sticking to like um you know, people I've had a bunch of authors talk about like book bubs and like other mm-hmm. like newsletter swaps and things like that being more helpful right. than like Facebook ads. So Right. Well, I mean, yeah, because I know that now my my newsletter is because you know, you first start your newsletter, you have the two people that you told her that you're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. And the two people that first, said like, you need to have a newsletter and then right? they follow you. <laughs> and so like it wasn't until I did uh baby author spotlight that my newsletter blew up because Uh I put that because they I was told that if ever you have like a sign up always make sure your newsletter is at the bottom saying would you like to have you know be a part of the newsletter like Uh yeah I should probably do that so any (laughs) form that I have now (laughs) yeah at the bottom would you like to sign up with my newsletter blah 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 and um and of course I guilt trip them it's like yeah I totally want free stuff no I don't like free things like that's like the options I <laughs> so. 
So for my beta arc street team form, which mm-hmm. I have all one form because I have too much other things going on to have three right. forms. Right. Um, so I have one form, but it has like check boxes. Like, which team do you want to be on? Here's a description of what you'd be responsible for, basically. Right. And then at the very, very bottom of that, and I give them the option to be on my newsletter or not, because committing right. to a once a week newsletter is different from occasional arc team emails. Yeah. Um, but at the it very, very is. bottom, I'm like, do you possibly want to be entered in giveaways for free stuff? Give me your address if you do. So like I have and some of them have not put their address there, but a lot of yeah. them have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I understand. I, yeah. So I mean, I've maybe gotten three out of all of the um things, three no's, you know, uh-huh. like no, don't sign me up. Um, out of all the baby offer spotlight um forms that got filled out. So and they're continually being filled out. So uh-huh. like now my newsletter, I'm like, well, this is great. If ever I lose my platform, I'm okay. Yeah. Cause I got that because it's, it's a scary thought because well, and that is dropping off like those 30 day schedule things that I found talking about your newsletter is on every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that is one thing I point out, like in case this ever goes away, join yeah. my newsletter <laughs> right and so at the end of every baby author spotlight I make sure that uh, to even solidify it even more I put the entire month's list of my baby authors on my newsletter every single newsletter has the previous month's baby authors on mm-hmm. there and their book and their links to their websites like every single one of them mm-hmm. and um that uh, was a lot of work but <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> Listen, my newsletter, because I have audiobooks that go live like every week or every other week, like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. having new audiobooks that I narrated being released. So my newsletter is a weekly newsletter because, in fact, all of my newsletters are weekly because I announce things for the different ones. But um, so I have on mine, it's like, here's the status of my books and here's any recent releases for audiobooks and here's the audiobook I'm currently narrating. And like my right. newsletters are super, super long because it's like I have too many things going on. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the bottom, it's like, and don't forget the podcasts. And yeah. then I have those. <laughs> oh, right. I have these things, too. <laughs> yeah, there's there's these things, too, because I mean, each podcast has its own newsletter, too. Right. Um, but I also announce it on even though one of the podcasts I host under a different name, um, I included right on because right now Freya has the biggest newsletter list so (laughs) I'm like we'll just send it out to that because most of my ARC team people have been like yeah you know send me the newsletter stuff too and I mean they can always unsubscribe from it I'm like I'm not like holding you captive to be on my my list (laughs) I only do mine monthly because I I newsletters I can't I just I hate them so much like to do them I don't know how people blog I don't know how people do that kind of, like I can't that's not see my that's most not of my newsletter is copying the blurbs from other people's books that I narrated into my right. so like my part of writing the newsletter is like maybe a paragraph yeah <laughs> so yeah like, I'm like I can do that every week that's not a big deal yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just the thought (laughs) another thing to do yeah also I homeschool uh, my kids so like I'm lesson planning and you know we're I'm teaching throughout the day like Mm -hmm. we have breaks because my son has my son has ADHD and he can't sit for a long period of time so we do a subject we move around during that subject and then we take a break because Mm -hmm. if I do like two subjects in a row with him it's like 
are we done yet? So like, you know, <laughs> I have to like give him like 20 minute intervals. So during those 20 minute, minute intervals, I write a couple hundred words while I'm sitting over my, yeah. you know, at my desk or on my laptop. And so it, it's, it's good. It's, it's been a nice setup, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's to a thought, the thought that I would have to take away that to do newsletters on a weekly basis. I just, yeah. nope, nope. Yeah. So I, what I do is I, for the whole year, I set up all of my newsletters and then I just edit as I, as the month is carrying mm. on, I add what I want. Like I just do bullet points mm-hmm. in it. And then at, like right before I send it out, I write down, I write a paragraph with all the bullet points essentially of what mm-hmm. happened that month. And then, so I guess I'm doing stuff weekly, but not, not sending <laughs> not the sending email, it, not yeah. making it pretty. So, but yeah, so that's been really nice having it that way. Um, before I had it set up just on my website and I just sent them the private link. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, you should do, you know, one of those mailer light or mail chips. So I did mailer light. I hate it so much, but I mean, <laughs> it's fine keeping track of everything yeah. like that in the charting and see who's on there, blah, blah, mm-hmm. but I still hate it. <laughs> I, still hate it. Yeah, I tried mailer light, but I had for each they don't have a a plan where you can have multiple lists under the same account so I was gonna have to pay for three Mm. accounts where MailChimp I can I have to pay for it but I can have one account with multiple multiple lists in it yeah I never thought about something like that and then for my day job I was already familiar with MailChimp because that's what we use for that and so um, I was like I know how to set it up and then I figured out like under the Freya newsletter I have it set further like set up in like beta team and arc team and street team and like the actual newsletter itself and like I have everybody like divided into separate groups under there too so right I could send something to everybody but typically like I have it all set up where it's like I'd need to send this to the newsletter subscribers and I pick that list and that's who it goes out to so I'm I'm very much a prepare I'm like I may not be big now like when my newsletter list only had like 10 people on it it was like it's not a big deal if you like copy and paste a list of email addresses but then when I'm like okay my book's getting ready to release I'm like you need to prepare you may not be big with the first book but pretend like you are gonna be big with the first (laughs) book because like when I did my beta like my initial beta arc before I brought on the lady to help me build my arc team I had them filling out a Google form and then I would have to go in and manually enter all their info into MailChimp. And I'm like, that is good until you get a whole, like when you get a hundred in like a couple of days and you don't want to, which is what happened when I brought on the person to help me. And I'm like, I am so glad I didn't have to like manually type all that. It took me a couple of days to get the form to where it worked right right with MailChimp so I'm like I'm like okay she's sending out an email to her team on like whatever day and I'm like you better make sure that your form is working by that right yeah and that was the only reason why I went to a different platform Mm -hmm. instead of manually doing myself because I'm just like oh crap because like I started getting the first like flooding of baby author spotlight and I was like oh no (laughs) that's not going to be good when I have to okay so let me go ahead and do this like so basically yeah it was like ah crap well you never know what idea you're gonna have that's gonna be the like 
and this this would go for what book you could write ten books before you write the one that everybody loves. Right. I you was never just know. having a conversation with my husband. It's like you don't know what book it's gonna be. You don't yeah. know when it could be the first one, it could be the tenth one. So yeah. like you have to be prepared either way. Like yeah. you have to make sure you got your crap together. And you, <laughs> yeah. At least somewhat. Like, yeah. So you're not scrambling around. Yeah. Oh no, this book went viral. I don't know what to do. Like yeah. I will say this. I am not prepared if a book goes viral, if they like try to purchase everything on my website. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not. Plain and simple. I'm not prepared for like yeah. thousands of orders. It's just not going to happen. So yeah. it's going to be on back order for a little bit. <laughs> All right, so last question I like to mm-hmm. ask, and it's actually two questions. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, man. The Start best... with whichever one you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the, okay, the worst piece of advice I've ever gotten for me personally mm-hmm. is to walk away from my... Um, my my manuscript for over a month Mm. um I've had people say oh give it like a month or two and I'm just like what so that may work for some people yeah I wouldn't remember it no as well I mean it's not that I won't remember I just wouldn't be in I'm a mood and um Mm -hmm. writer and a mood reader so I go where the mood I go where the serotonin is you know what I mean like that's Mm -hmm. where I go and I don't tell me to stop. Like I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't stop. I might be able to take like a weekend break. Even mm-hmm. then, I'm just like my hands are like itching. I'm just like, I but I have an idea, and I need to, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. So it's not a fun time for me. I know other people they need that break. They mm-hmm. need that ne- mental separation from it, and I understand that. Like I get that, and I'm not telling. But for me personally, like if you knew me, you would know that you can't tell me to step away for two months because yeah. I will have created three other books in that two month span. <laughs> so, literally not even a joke. Um, yeah. So that's probably Clearly. the worst advice. <laughs> you can't tell me to step away because I'm still going to do it. Uh, I won't listen. And um, so the best piece of advice I've ever gotten is don't lose yourself in this process um, because it's really easy to do. Uh, you get caught up in all of, all of it. There's just so mm-hmm. much you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the best piece of advice I got from a friend was, you know, make sure that you still are you at the end of it. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to brand yourself so much that you become the brand and mm-hmm. not stay within your own body. Um so that's the best piece of advice. And that's what I plan on doing because yeah, I step away, but I don't step away from the writing. I love that. That's my favorite part. That's why I did mm-hmm. this. Right. I, I step away from all of this, <laughs> like all the extra <laughs> stuff that comes with this writing. Yeah. I step away from that. That's what I break from. I don't break from like the writing part, the characters and, and all that stuff creating. I don't step away from that. I step away mm-hmm. from, from the social media aspect of things. And I mean, a lot of times <laughs> I go back to old videos and I repost the crap out of them. And when you see me in different <laughs> hairstyles and a whole bunch of different videos, I just reposted a whole bunch because I'm not dealing with it today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but yeah, I, that's, 
that's how I roll. I, I make sure that I maintain work-life balance and that this is a job and mm-hmm. it, and not, you need a break from it every now and again, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's the best advice I've gotten is take a break from the marketing, from the social media, from the brand. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you'll, you'll do a lot better in the long run. Also your, so. you'll, your brain will be able to recover better. Right. And, and also you'll be able to come up with more story ideas if you're out right. you doing your, things. Right. <laughs> See, I won't burn out writing. I'll burn out trying to produce. That's mm-hmm. when I'll burn out. So I, I, that's what was happening to me. Like earlier on when I was writing book three, I was burning myself out because I was marketing book one, book two, you know, writing book three and mm-hmm. making sure everything was good. Then Oh, doing all these PR boxes and do like selling this stuff over here. And you know, I was at the post office like literally all week long. And it was just like, I can't do this. So it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my post office, I know, will do pickups because like PR boxes, you can't do media mail when you've got right. other stuff in them. Right. Um, but I'm like, I foresee now me and my mail lady have a good relationship, but I've like done like selling stuff on eBay before where they were like, right. you know, having to come every day to pick stuff up. Um, but I'm like, I foresee them being like, Hey, like you need to drop them off in person. Yeah. yeah I already tried to like schedule pickups and just like, Nope. <laughs> like, like why? There's like no reason. Like, no, because after a while, like it, my address got like voided out. For <laughs> they were like, she is on the blacklist. <laughs> probably banned because I was like, I, what because you know I do media mail so I didn't think anything of it and so I guess now you can't at least for me I can't do pickup for any of my media mail I don't I don't think they let anybody do that anymore because I think now even well even like on the website now because I was just like trying to look at pricing and stuff like that on the website now it says you have to go in person to do it ah see yeah because they they may have just changed it because I sent a book, Media Mail, and they picked it up. This was before I was selling, though. Before I was selling my books, I, I was sending a book to a friend, mm-hmm. and they picked it up. That it was Media Mail. They picked it up. It was fine. And so I went. To, and after I had been doing like doing lots of pickups, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a whole bunch of stuff. And then I went to do pickup for my books, and they're just like, nope, sorry. Yeah, they may they may have changed. So they may have it. just changed the policy. Okay, yeah. so I don't feel as bad. When I've seen I've seen authors now talk about you have to go do it in person. So I yeah. don't think it's just a you thing. I think they just like completely yeah. changed the policies. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's too many indie authors out here <laughs> making us come get their happening. books. <laughs> <laughs> we all figured out media mail, so they're like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so mine, because I'm gonna have like stuff given technically, if you're doing like anything with your book, I think you aren't supposed to do it media mail and like all of my I'll only be doing signed copies and that will all have freebie stuff in with it so I don't think any of mine will be allowed media yeah so the media mail thing this is how you can get around it because I asked the guy on (laughs) I asked him because I was like so how do we do this (laughs) 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 and he was like well they're he's like if they suspect that something else is in it they'll open it up you know and check Mm -hmm. he's like but if all of the material in there is pertaining to the book itself, there's not mm-hmm. just random crap in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if it's like all specific to the book, mm-hmm. like, then you could get away with it. I was like, oh, really? 
<laughs> but you know it's hit or miss you know with different um branches and everything so right <clears throat> like pr boxes for sure no way um, yeah but, no yeah but a book with a bookmark in it you can fly by that pretty well because they won't they're not going to check to see like whoa i feel like there's something extra in this book. <laughs> Yeah, no. And it would be, it would be like, uh, I think I have set or like, I'm planning on like bookmark and character art, like all things that are right. going to be like paper, like a thank you card, all things that are going to be paper things. Yeah. So not, yeah, so that should be- not in the PR box, obviously that one. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's going to be in a box. You can't be what? like, this is media mail. If it's a giant box. <laughs> like, yeah. That wouldn't work very well. <laughs> I did that once. I was like, it's media mail. She's like, what's in it? I'm like books. <laughs> like what else would it be <laughs> books dvds was, or what cds i think it has yes, to be something like that so i was like it's books you're fine don't worry don't worry about it it's fine <laughs> she's like okay all right well you have a good rest of your saturday you too, you too. thank and you i will see you around tiktok okay sounds good <laughs> all right bye, all right, bye. As T.L. Combs got older, she liked the movie The Swan Princess. Today we'll be reading The Six Swans by the Brothers Grimm. The Six Swans is a German fairy tale collected by the Brothers Grimm in Grimm's Fairy Tales in 1812. It is of Arne Thompson type 451, the maiden who seeks her brothers, commonly found throughout Europe. Other tales of this type include The Seven Ravens, The Twelve Wild Ducks, Eudea and Her Seven Brothers, The Wild Swans, and The Twelve Brothers. Andrew Lang included a variant of the tale in the Yellow Fairy book. Scholars and folktale catalogs report variants of the tale type across Europe, the Middle East, and even India and Japan, although the number of brothers and their animal form may vary between tales. Don't forget we're reading Les Mortes d'Arthur, the story of King Arthur and of his noble knights of the Round Table on our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes. The Six Swans A king was once hunting in a large wood and pursued his game so hotly that none of his courtiers could follow him. But when evening approached, he stopped and looking around him perceived that he had lost himself. He sought a path out of the forest but could not find one, and presently he saw an old woman with a nodding head who came up to him. My good woman, said he to her, can you not show me the way out of the forest? Oh, yes, my lord king, she replied. I can do that very well, but upon one condition, which if you do not fulfill, you will never again get out of the wood but will die of hunger. What then is this condition? asked the king. I have a daughter, said the old woman who is as beautiful as anyone you can find in the whole world, and well deserves to be your bride. Now if you'll make her your queen, I will show you your way out of the wood. In the anxiety of his heart, the king consented, and the old woman led him to her cottage where the daughter was sitting by the fire. She received the king as if she had expected him, and he saw at once that she was very beautiful. But yet she did not quite please him, for he could not look at her without a secret shuddering. However, he took the maiden upon his horse, and the old woman showed him the way. And the king arrived safely at his palace, where the wedding was to be celebrated. The king had been married once before, and had seven children by his first wife, six boys and a girl whom he loved above everything else in the world. 
He became afraid soon. That the stepmother might not treat his children very well, and might even do them some great injury, so he took them away to a lonely castle which stood in the midst of a forest. The castle was so entirely hidden, and the way to it was so difficult to discover, that he himself could not have found it if a wise woman had not given him a ball of cotton, which had the wonderful property, when he threw it before him, of unrolling itself and showing him the right path. The king went, however, so often to see his dear children, that the queen, noticing his absence, became inquisitive, and wished to know what he went to fetch out of the forest. So she gave his servants a great quantity of money, and they disclosed to her the secret, and also told her of the ball of cotton which alone could show her the way. She had now no peace until she discovered where this ball was concealed, and then she made some fine silken shirts, and as she had learned of her mother, she sewed within each a charm. One day soon after, when the king was gone out hunting, she took the little shirts and went into the forest, and the cotton showed her the path. And the children, seeing someone coming in the distance, thought it was their dear father and ran out full of joy. And she threw over each of them a shirt that, as it touched their bodies, changed them into swans, which flew away over the forest. And the queen then went home quite contented and thought she was free of her stepchildren, but the little girl had not met her with the brothers, and the queen did not know of her. The following day, the king went to visit his children, but he found only the maiden. Where are your brothers? asked he. Ah, oh, dear father, she replied, they are gone away and have left me alone. And she told him how she had looked out of the window and seen them changed into swans, which had flown over the forest. And then she showed him the feathers which they had dropped in the courtyard and which she had collected together. The king was much grieved. But he did not think that his wife could have done this wicked deed, and as he feared the girl might also be stolen away, he took her with him. She was, however, so much afraid of the stepmother that she begged him not to stop more than one night in the castle. The poor maiden thought to herself, This is no longer my place. I will go and seek my brothers. And when night came, she escaped and went quite deep into the wood. She walked all night long and a great part of the next day until she could go no further from weariness. Just then she saw a rough-looking hut, and going in, she found a room with six little beds, but she dared not get into one, so crept under, and laying herself upon the hard earth, prepared to pass the night there. Just as the sun was setting, she heard a rustling and saw six white swans come flying in at the window. They settled on the ground and began blowing one another until they had blown all their feathers off, and their swans down slipped from them like a shirt. And the maiden knew them at once, for her brothers and gladly crept out from under the bed, and the brothers were not less glad to see their sister, but their joy was of short duration. Here you must not stay, said they to her. This is a robber's hiding place. If they should return and find you here, they would murder you. Can you not protect me then? inquired the sister. No, they replied, for we can only lay aside our swan's feathers for a quarter of an hour each evening, and for that time we regain our human form, but afterwards we resume our changed appearance. Their sister then asked them with tears, Can you not be restored again? Oh, no, replied they. The conditions are too difficult. For six long years you must neither speak nor laugh, and during that time you must sew together for us six little shirts of star flowers and should there fall a single word from your lips, then all your labors will be in vain. Just as the brothers were finished speaking, the quarter of an hour elapsed, and they all flew out of the window again like swans. 
The little sister, however, made a solemn resolution to rescue her brothers, or die in the attempt. And she left the cottage and, penetrating deep into the forest, passed the night amid the branches of a tree. The next morning she went out and collected the star flowers to sew together. She had no one to converse with, and for laughing she had no spirits. So there, up in the tree, she sat, intent upon her work. After she had passed some time there, it happened that the king of that country was hunting in the forest, and his huntsmen came beneath the tree on which the maiden sat. They called to her and asked, Who art thou? But she gave no answer. Come down to us, continued they. We will do thee no harm. She simply shook her head. And when they pressed her further with questions, she threw down to them her golden necklace, hoping therewith to satisfy them. They did not, however, leave her. And she threw down her girdle, but in vain, and even her rich dress did not make them desist. At last the huntsman himself climbed the tree and brought down the maiden and took her before the king. The king asked her, Who art thou? What dost thou upon that tree? But she did not answer. And then he questioned her in all the languages that he knew, but she remained dumb to all as a fish. Since, however, she was so beautiful, the king's heart was touched, and he conceived for her a strong affection. And then he put around her his cloak, and placing her before him on his horse, took her to his castle. And there he ordered rich clothing to be made for her, and although her beauty shone as the sunbeams, not a word escaped her. The king placed her by his side at the table, and there her dignified mien and manners so won upon him that he said, This maiden will I marry, and no other in the world. And after some days he wedded her. Now the king had a wicked stepmother, who was discontented with his marriage and spoke evil of the young queen. Who knows whence the wench comes, said she. She who cannot speak is not worthy of a king. A year after, when the queen brought her firstborn into the world, the old woman took him away. Then she went to the king and complained that the queen was a murderess. The king, however, would not believe it, and suffered no one to do any injury to his wife, who sat composedly sewing at her shirts and paying attention to nothing else. When a second child was born, the false stepmother used the same deceit. But the king again would not listen to her words, saying, She is too pious and good to act so. Could she but speak and defend herself, her innocence would come to light. But when again the old woman stole away the third child and then accused the queen, who answered not a word to the accusation, the king was obliged to give her up to be tried, and she was condemned to suffer death by fire. When the time had elapsed and the sentence was to be carried out, it happened that the very day had come round when her dear brother should be set free. The six shirts were also ready, all but the last, which yet wanted the left sleeve. As she was led to the scaffold, she placed the shirts upon her arm, and just as she had mounted it, and the fire was about to be kindled, she looked around and saw six swans come flying through the air. Her heart leapt for joy as she perceived her deliverers approaching, and soon the swans flying towards her. Alighted so near that she was enabled to throw over them the shirts, and as soon as she had done so, their feathers fell off and the brothers stood up alive and well. But the youngest was without his left arm, instead of which he had a swan's wing, they embraced and kissed each other, and the queen, going to the king who was thunderstruck, began to say, Now may I speak, my dear husband, and prove to you that I am innocent and falsely accused. And then she told him how the wicked woman had stolen away and hidden her three children. When she had concluded, the king was overcome with joy, 
and the wicked stepmother was led to the scaffold and bound to the stake and burnt to ashes. The king and queen forever after lived in peace and prosperity with their six brothers. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for Ty's journey to holding his own fairy tale in his hands and to hear one of his favorite fairy tales.